morning and welcome to yet another episode of the Rocks and Roots podcast, formerly called R&R, formerly called Rocks and Roots. I am one of your hosts, Tumbles, and through the screen is... Cranky. Good evening, and I still vehemently protest R&R. This is going to be an ongoing battle. This will be our divorce one day. Yep, (laughs) that's going to be the end of it. The end of it. (laughs) So, this is a very special Christmas episode as we are recording December 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve, and we are bringing you a very special guest, Mr. Neil Lyon. Neil is based out of New Hampshire and has built a wonderful community of hikers in the White Mountains. And he is currently working on the White Mountain Grid. So good evening, Neil. And I guess you can start um, with explaining what that grid is. Well, good evening, my friends. I appreciate you having me. It's a good way to spend my Thursday evening. Um... Yeah, so basically what the grid is, for those who don't know, a lot of people have probably heard of the New Hampshire 4,000 footers, which is 48 designated peaks between 4,000 feet and 6,288, which would be Mount Washington. And a lot of folks take on that project and uh, as a little personal goal and to conquer for themselves. Um, and, and it's been done by thousands of people at this point, somewhere around 18,000 or so, give or take a couple um, and then there's a few of the crazies, I guess you could say, um, that kind of take it to the next level, um, something called the White Mountain Grid, which is where you will take all 48 4,000 footers and you will make an attempt to complete all of them in every single month of the year, uh, accumulating 576 summits and peaks. Um, typically, it takes the average person somewhere between five and 10 years uh, or longer. I do know a couple people that have done it in a ridiculous um, time, but uh, yeah, that's the gist of it. Um, basically, it's a year-round project that goes on for years um, to show you one's dedication to the White Mountains and and uh, how much we love it here. What number are you currently on? Uh, so on Tuesday, I hit number three thirty-four. Um, wow. Hopefully, tomorrow morning I'll get to uh, three thirty-six or three thirty-seven, depending going to head out and hit uh, Mount Monroe and then hit Mount Washington. And on the way down, we may cross over Clay and hit Jefferson on our way out, depending on how we're feeling. Um, but that's about that where amazing. I'm at right now. That's amazing. I am super jealous. A Christmas Eve climb of Mount Washington. That's outstanding. Yeah, I'm going pretty good. way off of our outline, but I don't care what our, <laughs> I'm assuming you've checked. What's the weather expected to be like on Washington tomorrow? Uh, I've been watching it for the last 36 hours. Um, the ambient temp is supposed to be somewhere in the low to mid-teens with wind chills getting down between minus 4 and minus 8. Uh, partly sunny, partly cloudy. Winds between 20 and 30 miles per hour. That's honestly not bad. Yeah, I was just no, going to say, Humbles, for Mount Washington, that's not bad. Not bad at all. So I'm just trying to take advantage of that window. What time are you heading out in the morning? Uh, probably, I'm supposed to meet, meet my friend there at the Amanusik Ravine Trailhead at about 9 o'clock, and oh. we'll probably finish um, sometime around 4. We like to take our time and uh, catch that golden hour at the end coming down the mountain, you know? To be local, that's amazing. When we did Washington, um, we had to leave at 4 in the afternoon the day before and catch a couple of hours of sleep. So I am wow. jealous at your proximity to these amazing mountains. Yeah, yeah. So may I ask real fast, where are you guys from? North Jersey. Jersey. North Jersey. Jersey, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Glad to see so, you can make it up here just the same. Oh, yep. Yeah. Whenever we do the whites, we have to leave. We have to basically make it like its own vacation and leave at least a day before we're doing our summit. And it, it's a whole thing. So the fact that you can just get up and go is, I am very jealous. <laughs> Yeah, currently uh, staying a little bit north of Gorham. It'll take me about 45 minutes to get um, onto 302 and, and over to the Amanusik Ravine Trailhead. So it's it's quite the uh, it's quite the luxury. It wasn't always like this, but it's uh, it's pretty fantastic. I can't lie. <laughs> Absolutely. 
is amazing. And that's actually a perfect segue for us to get back on track. Um, you said it wasn't always like this. So can you give us a little bit about your background? What got you into hiking? And then I'm assuming the mountains got you out into New Hampshire. But um, yeah, what's your story, sir? Yeah, so um, well, originally I'm from Connecticut. I live in a couple corners of the country. Um, I reached, uh, how old was I? Like This was 2000. In 18, um, I kind of kind of got more into being more active. And um, in September of that year, I kind of figured out there was like Mount Monadnock, which is a really popular place in southern New Hampshire, um, which was only about an hour and a half from my home. And then shortly after that, I kind of found the Belknaps, which sit on the south side of Lake Winnipesaukee, um, roughly about 40 to 40 minutes to an hour and a half, depending where you're going um, in the White Mountains. Um, you can see them from there, and it kind of kind of went from there. Um, I was at a point in my life where I was, you know, was, this isn't the happy part, but I was in a pretty dark place. I'm a, I'm a recovered alcoholic. Um, did a lot of damage to myself. I spent a number of years in a dark, uh, just a dark place, uh, depressed, and uh, just not doing the right things for myself, my spirit, my soul, or my body, or doing right by my family or my friends, for that matter. And then just one day, you know, you just kind of realized that uh, you needed something more and you kind of had to find that outlet, right? And uh, just started walking. And um, I was not in the shape that I am now. I was about 235 pounds at five foot 10. That's not too good. And um, yeah. And uh, so I started walking, just going to the track, trying to get some sort of uh, some sort of exercise, right? Just something to kind of kind of break that that habitual drink which i you know again this isn't going to sound great but for a good five years i drank to finish the job about six and a half days out of the week um one more time i'm not proud of that but it is what it is and sometimes we end up in these situations in our life where we don't really even know how we got there it's just time passes and then we're just there and you know you just kind of manage it and make the best of it and and, and some people figure it out some people don't unfortunately and uh i'm grateful that i was you know in at least somewhat of the right mindset where I was able to to pull myself out of that hole so pretty much what I did was I just started walking and then I was like well the track is getting old and then I was like well there's some trails over here being in northeastern Connecticut um, nothing special but it was just nicer being out in the woods and then a friend of mine actually lives a friend of mine back home actually lives on a bird sanctuary the uh, part of the Audubon and uh, nice little like two uh, two mile loop they have there, and you, you kind of finish on this little hill that looks west, kind of overlooking the little valley there, probably maybe 150 feet above the above the floor there, if you want to call it that. And uh, I was just like, this is kind of cool, you know. Um, that felt good, it, you know, exhausted me because I was in complete garbage of shape, but uh, I really liked it. And then I started hitting the, the trails in the woods more, maybe a couple times a week, and then about two or three months after that, I kind of. I had I had known about Mount Monadnock, which is that small mountain in, in southern New Hampshire. It uh, sits at about 3,200 feet. It's about 1,700 feet of vertical, and there's numerous ways up it. Um, so I went over there. Um, actually made it to the top. Damn near killed me. Um, like, again, I was in pretty bad shape. I was still drinking at that time. Like, the week after that, I went a little further north to Mount Major, which is um, one of the one of the more prominent and like popular peaks out of the 12 peaks in the Belknap range on the Southern side of Winnipesaukee. And that was pretty cool. And I just kind of thought to myself, um, being fairly athletic when I was younger and, and, and having lost a lot of that, I, I, I figured I could be pretty, pretty good at it. If I just finally just walked away from, you know, the damage that I was doing to myself on the regular and, uh, you know, that coupled with, um, a couple other significant situations that happened. I had lost someone very close to me and um, just kind of opened my eyes. And I, uh, a few weeks after that, um, October, October 8th um, of 2018, I, I finally stopped all the nonsense and woke up the next morning, October 9th, and uh, just gave it up finally. And um, I just started hiking fairly vigorously, three, four, five times a week. I would drive all the way to to the Catskills in New York, or I would come up to the Belknaps, New Hampshire, wherever I could, you know, just start exploring places outside of, you know, outside of home and kind of opening my little world up again uh, that I had been in just, you know, wrapped in my own little hole, I guess you could say. And it kind of just expanded from there. Um, so that was, that was uh, October 
2018. And then January of 2019, I, I made my first little trip to the Whites. I hit um, Mount Willard, which is a nice small little little mountain of a thousand feet of vertical and not very far to go up uh again not being in the best shape but a few months removed things are starting to come back around especially being more active and making it a point um i hit uh south moat which is a peak on the on the moat range over in right uh just west on the western side of north conway new hampshire which is a great little if anybody ever has the chance uh, the moat traverse is a great little ten thousand uh 10 mile, 3,000 feet of vertical gain that hits multiple peaks. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I, I hit that and I hit a couple more spots. And then finally, March 5th of 2019, I was feeling bold and brave enough. I uh, hit my first 4,000 footer uh, footers in the middle of winter. Um, you probably heard of the Franconia Ridge loop. Um, I uh, went up there by myself and uh I wasn't quite ready for what I what I was getting myself into, but I managed and got it done and had, you know, the most amazing experience of my life. I was there by myself and uh, it just kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things. And that's what started my first round of the 48, which I finished um, about 10 and a half months later on Mount Isolation in early 2020. Well done. Congratulations. What a story. Yeah, you know, had what to, a story. Had to have something. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, we we commend you. I mean, yes, it's a dark place in your life, but you found walking and hiking as your solace. And both Cranky and I could totally understand that when we have dark and bad and sad days that just one day out in the woods helps us tremendously and and just changes our attitudes right around. So well done. Um, Kicking the habit. It's definitely not easy and we've got we're glad you found a hobby that is your life yeah i mean it's just uh you know once it once it kind of once it kind of got a little momentum with it, it was just to be honest with you it was fairly easy i think i wanted it pretty bad but um you know I'm, i'll be 100 percent honest it's it's what's what's really crazy about it is i i despite what it took for me well let me correct myself despite what I allowed it to take from me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no one's, it's no one's fault. Does it fall on anything else or anyone else but me? Um, but, uh, had I not gone through that experience, had I not put myself through that, I honestly don't think I'd be at the, where I am right now with the people I'm around and the place that I'm at. I just don't think I ever would have found it if I hadn't, if I hadn't like, you know, just gone down that path for that amount of time. I, I wouldn't have the same appreciation for life. I wouldn't have the same outlook. I wouldn't have the same love for myself the gratitude just wouldn't be there. And I, I wouldn't probably wouldn't have found all this. So I can't even imagine where I would have been without it. Um, so in retrospect, I mean, it was hell, um, brought a lot of pain into my life, but in the end it swung back around and it gave me this amazing, beautiful, uh, you know, just life and experiences that I've been fortunate enough to have the last couple of years. So it, it was, it was rough, but had it not happened, I probably wouldn't have what I have today. I probably wouldn't have the same outlook. Most well, definitely wouldn't. Well said. Yeah. That's um, sometimes you need to go into the darkest places to really appreciate the other side. And, and as a wake-up call, um, you know, Absolutely. sometimes when you hit the bottom, that frees you up to do almost anything. And when you come out on the other side, you can... A, appreciate the other side, which will encourage you to embrace it fully. And B, like you said, you have a a completely dramatic turnaround, and that's incredible. But you are definitely not alone. Um, We have talked to... Cranky, I was just going to say, I mean, Ivy Tat. um, Ivy Tat. Liz Kidder. Liz Kidder. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I've been following Ivy Tap for a few years, and uh, Liz Kidder is also another local to here. And uh, it's just it's nice to, it's nice to see those kind of things. I I often refer. It's funny. I'll joke about this, and I'll get to my friend Ashley later. But I joke about it to her as like the White Mountains. It's like where the broken toys come to play, you know. <laughs> and we've all found each other, and we've all found so much so much more here than what we had before. It's, it's kind of amazing. A hundred percent. And just hiking in general, like you find similar stories on the AT. Oh, all over. It's amazing. Yeah, abso- absolutely. Like 
the the woods nature is definitely um it's it's a healing factor it's a healing yeah but it allows people to redeem themselves you know mm. i always say it's like i don't like people will ask me like what are you out what what are you what are you after out here and it's like the most basic and organic answer i can give them is self redemption that's really good i like that um so you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but i'm going to throw it out there do you think that you've maybe replaced um, one addiction with a more healthy addiction? I hate to use that word, you know, um, but I mean, I guess in, in essence, yeah, probably uh, because I don't know. I mean, it's nothing I would ever go back to. It's just, it's so, I'm so over it. It's, it's right. just not a thing anymore, but like, I, I mean, you gotta have something, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, every Absolutely. person's gotta have that one thing that gives them their charge, you know? And, uh, just kind of feeds your soul. And I, I couldn't imagine, um, you know, regardless of where this life takes me or, or where I end up or however long it lasts, you know, I, I just couldn't imagine like not doing this like regularly. It just, it, every single, I, I'm out there three or four times a week, typically um, with many different people. And I, I couldn't possibly imagine giving that up. It's just every single time we, we, we all say the same thing. This, this never gets old and it doesn't. It's, the same, even if it's the same mountains, the same trails, the same people, it's just like every single time is its own experience and it just offers so much and it, it, it just doesn't get old. I can't even imagine. I know people that have been doing this for 30 or 40 years and yeah. they just keep doing the same mountains, the same trails. I mean, there's plenty of different one trails, right? But I mean, in, in essence, it's like it just it never gets old. So it's just it's a very... It's a very fulfilling activity. It's a very, it's just good for your soul. That's all I can yeah, say. I was you know, just going to say. It the fresh a, air, the physical activity, the whole mind. Right? Yeah, it fills a space in your soul. I was just going to say, you basically, you almost took the words out of my mouth. Um, so you mentioned your community, which I definitely want to get to in a second. But how many times have you done the 48? Because you mentioned the first time that you did it. So how many times in total have you done the 48? Um, I don't know how many exactly like how many full rounds I've completed. Probably somewhere around five. Wow! Oh, that's incredible, dude. But I mean, like some of these, some of them I've done nine or ten times, just because my numbers are higher on other ones, or I tend to revisit them more. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it's kind of you know a lot of the peaks I do are determined by like what my friends want to do too. I don't, I don't make it just about what I need, and that's that's mm-hmm. something that um, has kind of changed the game for me a little bit because for the when I came up here, I, I actually moved this this way. Kind of spent a lot of time camping and just kind of living out of my car for the first five months from May till October of last year. Um, I, I just for the first like ten and a half months, I was just like grid, grid, grid. I had to focus on certain peaks, certain peaks, what I needed, what I needed, and um, it got to the point where I got burnt out on it, you know. Um, and then I kind of took a step back, had a couple injuries, I busted my ankle back in. Um, Memorial Day um, of this year, which was the end of that like 10 month period or whatever, 11 months. And I just kind of took a step back, right? Like it just, I got burnt out. So I uh, started focusing on more like throwing other stuff in, not just 4Ks, because there's a lot of beautiful trails. There's a lot of beautiful small mountains. Um, like I mentioned earlier, the moats, there's Mount Chakora, there's just a whole bunch of amazing trails and spots. You know, you don't want to you don't want to be an ignorant and kind of miss out on these, on those either. So, but, uh, all in all, you know, I, I probably, probably five or six roughly. I mean, I haven't, I haven't counted them. A lot of people keep track of their rounds exactly. And I'm really only focused on one number. And, uh, that's, that's the end game five seventy six. Well, congratulations. That's, that's incredible. So, yeah, let's get into the community that you've established up there. We've been actually sounds- watching your YouTube videos quite a bit, and, and we were Thank enjoying... Thank you, I appreciate that. Oh, definitely. I mean, we enjoy... I enjoy the title of your page, first of all. Uh, that's the first sense of community that I gathered, and then you just post... Groups of people enjoying nature and fulfilling their, basically, their peak dreams, which I, I, I enjoy very much. 
Yeah, um, I got I got quite a bit to say on that, and I'll, I'll kind of start with so White Mountain Wanderers is not my um, it's not my creation. Um, the name itself, getting back to I mentioned uh, Ashley earlier, that's actually um, she came up with that and was kind enough to let me use it because it just had such a wonderful ring to it, and uh, it's really just kind of worked well as far as that goes. And as far as getting into the community, um, I guess I have to start with someone pretty special to me. So when I was doing my original 48 back in 2019, somewhere around that summer, either June or uh, July or August, um, uh, through social media, and I'll throw out there really quick, social media can be an amazing tool if you use it the right way. Yeah, 100%. Um, I had a, um, uh, who is now someone I consider family, um, her name is Megan Pepper. I love this woman dearly. She reached out to me out of nowhere just to kind of befriend me, and I started hiking with her. To that point, everything I had done was solo. And through her over the last, or at least in the beginning, those first like six months or whatever, um, she started introducing me to other people. And I started seeing how much fun and how rewarding it was to be out there and share that experience with others rather rather than just going about it in solitude. So first off, ever since that woman has come into my life, she's just a very good friend of mine. Um, it just kind of trickled down from there. And then, you know, moving on, um, at one point I decided again, I had the, I kind of, my, my friend came up with the name way Mount Wanderers. I made a Facebook group, um, which is small and private. So, and unsearchable, um, in case anybody's wondering on Facebook, but, uh, it was when, so a little backstory real fast. When I finished my 48, I was still living in Connecticut. I, um, I finished on Mount isolation in Jackson, New Hampshire. That day, I incurred an injury, uh, an inguinal hernia, coincidentally enough. So I finished my 48, but I almost also damaged myself to the point where I needed surgery to fix it, which if you know anything about those, they are not fun. Uh, so that actually, the day I finished also was my last day of hiking for essentially a good two or three months. Um, but that's when we, you know, had all that health stuff going on, which I'm not even going to get into. But it was anyways, it worked out to be, I guess, a good time to take a break. But um, before I come up to New Hampshire, kind of started the Facebook group, kind of started reaching out to some people. Some people reached out to me. And then when I came up here, it's just all of a sudden I had a small group of people that I was spending my time with, which uh, I really enjoyed. Again, getting back to the person who introduced me to that and then kind of building from there. Ever since then, I've just made it a point to... Uh, you know, try to meet more people, try to put myself out there in a positive manner and um, kind of, you know, make it more about meeting people and using it as a tool to kind of open up my world to, to people that I wouldn't have ever met otherwise. You know, where every single friend I have here, we're all from somewhere different. They're from a different town. Most of them are from a different state. We all have a different background and we've just found each other. I mean, I probably got, I'm not even exaggerating, probably between 70 and 80 friends that I can just you know, reach out to at any time at this point. And again, uh, getting back to the experiences we share out here, they're all very organic. So it really, you know, brings out the best of us, you know, and you kind of see the worst of each other. And it's just a very organic experience. And it just really allows for people to connect. And once I started learning that, and once I started learning how to love myself and then love them, it's just kind of, just kind of taken off from there. Um, I just got, so I came here in May of last year, I just started hiking with people, as many people as I could, you know, and I started to slowly find find my people and it's just grown into this very large very large group of people my friends their friends of their friends and and we kind of all kind of all share this same little purpose now which is kind of amazing to be honest with you it's nothing I ever it's kind of grown into something and continues to grow into something that I never really thought was a thing and it just seems to seems to be working and uh the community that we have here is pretty special the support and the love that we give each other and the respect and just you just don't find it in many, you know, facets in life. And it's kind of refreshing because, you know, that's what it's really all about. No, we absolutely know. agree with you. I mean, we giggle at the, the term tramily, your trail family. But what we found ever since we started doing this podcast, shockingly a year ago at this point, is that every person that we talk to, I, I feel like I've known you guys, all of our, our guests for a long time because we have that common bond of 
the outdoors and hiking and we understand the the pain cave and we understand the excitement and the happiness of being outdoors. So I I 100% agree with you on that, Neil, that your trail family is almost like your blood family. Yeah, they they become it's they become your best friends. Like it's it's unbelievable, you know, like my friend Stacy, she's from like a completely different world to me, you know, like I just love her dearly and she's one of my closest and I'm only using her as an example because we were having a discussion the other day, you know, just just all the way down the line. It's just it's it's unbelievable. They become your closest friends, like your confidants, the things you share like everything with, you know, because you just spend so much time out there and there's so much discussion yes. and so much to learn. And, and it just, again, just all falls back to this incredible appreciation for one another. It's just, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. And I've been around, you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's quite, quite remarkable, you know? And, uh, so yeah, it's, is that it's how you my met thoughts Tina? on the community. Is that uh, how you yes. Met yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. So, um, Tina was kind of, um, Tina Merritt, she's a wonderful woman. She's kind of, uh, it was kind of random. So you guys know I have the YouTube. So somewhere around like three or four months until I started that, I have this good friend, Sherry. Um, I call her spark plug. If you knew her, it would just fit. We were hiking. Uh, we were doing, it was, it was last, last January. It was January 30th. It was the last weekend in January. We were doing Mount Adams and Mount Madison, Northern presidentials. We had done Adams. We went over to Madison. We were coming down and, uh, Sherry has a very distinct laugh. She's a wonderful, wonderful human. If, if you can't see the joy when you're around her, there's something wrong with you. You know, very vibrant, very uh, distinct laugh. And we're walking down, and um, I had never met Tina. And all of a sudden, someone down below us just yells out, I know that laugh. That's fucking spark plug. And I was like, what, dude? You know, and then this woman comes out from the, out behind the trees about 50 feet down the trail below us. And uh, it was Tina. And, you know, the next thing you know, it's just big hugs all around and, you know, and that's 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 how I met Tina, and uh, that's amazing. She's been nothing but a. I, I don't know her really well, but we've interacted enough. Uh, she's nothing but a ball of joy. I don't I don't know how to explain that. Yeah, for those that, was, that um, are funny. wondering, Tina was actually our second guest, and Tina was the one that directed us to Neil. So, Tina, if you're listening, thank you so much, and um, yeah. we can't wait to meet you in person too. <laughs> yeah, love you, Tina. So I do want to touch on a couple things that you mentioned. And yes, big shout out to Tina. Thank you so much. Um, so I really liked what you said about seeing the worst of each other. Um, that's something that's not often focused on in a lot of hiking mm -hmm. vlogs or a lot of discussions because it's more fun and it's easier to focus on the photo or the video that you take at the top of the summit, look how amazing this is, look how awesome we are, but you really do, and that's obviously seeing the best um, in people that you're with sharing these experiences, but the other side of that is you see the worst in each other, Like, and I like that you mentioned that you see... You know, it's been raining all day and you are climbing up a trail that you didn't expect to be in, you know, as horrible shape as it is. And, and you're mad and it goes silent. And that's part of building a bond as well, sharing those experiences as well. Or you fuck up a map read and you're adding like an extra two miles and you know you're pissed off at each other and dealing with that and getting through that is also part of building a relationship yeah it's again getting back to like just keeping it organic and and raw and real you know and not painting this picture that everything's you know honky fucking dory and look at me smiling in this picture there's a lot more you know, especially hiking in the whites, a lot of people don't realize how, how rugged this terrain is. I mean, it gets knocked a lot, especially by people on the West Coast that have these nice, like, old horse trails and stuff. And I'm not knocking any of that, but, like, we, you know, uh, it's not as easy as people think, even though the mountains aren't as big and the conditions can change awfully quickly. And it's just sometimes it's just hard, you know, especially, like, so shoulder seasons, you know, um, like the last eight weeks we've had ice and it, 
without the snow quite yet because it's just held off longer. And then you get to the spring and the spring is just, the spring is not easy. It is horrible. You got rotting snow, you're falling through. There's, it's, it's just a really tough situation. And then there's everything else in between. Right. And, you know, you see people struggling, but you, you have people next to you that are going to, you know, they're going to talk you through it. They're going to keep you, keep your head where it needs to be and just, you kind of have that, right? And then plus everything else that we just share out there that, you know, life's not perfect and it's not all unicorns and rainbows. And, and uh, you know, it's it's funny because even uh, one of the things I like to say is, like particularly my, I have probably about, there's probably about 15 of us that are really close. Like that's like my really, my close circle. And, uh, and it's like, even when we, even when we're hating each other, like we still love one another. Like it's, it's not always perfect. You know, you don't always see eye to eye, you know, and then the closer you get to people off the trail, it's just, again, we're all from a different place. We all have different backgrounds. We all think and deal with things differently. And, but in the end, it's just, you see the ugly, but what comes out is the beauty and, and the love. And that's, that's really what's important, you know? But it's it's good to see that side of people and to know that everything's not perfect and to know that they struggle at times and to see each other struggle at times. It's just it kind of it kind of helps build um, builds you know a stronger bond. Yes, and using that to build that stronger bond rather than having that bond. I like that. Um, so how do people? So you mentioned you have between seventy and eighty people, and you kind of. Yeah, you shared how you connected with some of them, but generally, like, how do you connect with people? Is it through the YouTube or through the Instagram? How does that work? Well, I mean, again, getting back to the one person I met a while back, and that's introduced me to people, and it kind of trickled down from there. So a lot, okay. of, it, so so yeah. a lot of it happens with, like, you know, we meet people on trail, um, my buddy Eric likes to talk to everybody and their mother and he'll just invite <laughs> everyone along. So a lot of people that we meet are, are like through methods like that, but like, you know, social media does quite a bit just cause we constantly share so much and people reach out and we reach out to other people and it just, just kind of trickles down from there. Um, YouTube is kind of a different animal, but you know, as silly as it sounds is Instagram's and, and Facebook have brought a lot of us together because you constantly share. We constantly share. We all probably share a little bit too much. Um, but people see that and they reach out and then you see what they share and you kind of just know who you can like invite along and who might be on your level and who might be able to be good to hike with. And it, and it just kind of grows from there. You know, uh, this is kind of silly, but getting back to my friend, Stacy, she was out, she was a solo hiker. She didn't hike with anybody, you know, and, she um, was out hiking one day and she came across a, a, another group of uh, friends of mine. And uh, she, she shares the story with me is like, all right, how am I going to get past these people without engaging, you know, without <laughs> engaging. And she was just trying to keep her head down. Well, she walked by my buddy, Eric, who again is the social butterfly and he will just talk to anybody. And, you know, he pretty much makes you engage. And if it wasn't, if it wasn't for him, like engaging with her that one time that I wasn't there and so many others of us wasn't there, like she would have never came into our life. And now, I mean, you know, her and many others, but now, for example, she is like, like, again, essentially family at this point. And if it wasn't for that one little chance encounter, we would have never have met her. And, uh, you know, a year later now, like she's just one of us and, you know, we're one of hers and it's just it's random, just random things. And sometimes I have certain friends that it was just through small discussion on, uh, on Instagram. Um, my friend Ashley, she just somebody, I followed her. She followed me. I had a little discussion at one point here and there I ended up hiking with her. And because of her, I now have the job that I have, you know, and, you know, work where I work and I'm, pretty well off because of that random random encounter with her that i just you know little discussion that happened a little while back you know it just so it just it happens in so many different ways and it comes at you from so many different angles and a lot of people they go out and they like to close themselves off to people and that's and that's cool you know they do they do what they need for them but a lot of us open ourselves up uh, to others and it's just it's how we've all come together in that sort of fashion which I is essentially all different ways I really like that. I was I was going to ask if if you all hang out off trail, as well. Oh oh yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a number of us that will be spending Christmas e uh, Christmas evening together. Oh um, lovely lovely. You know um, 
again, we're all from different places. Some of us don't have family around here. Some of us need space from our family. Some of us I hear that. You know, don't have any. Uh, <laughs> I mean, some of us, all we have is each other. It's, again, it's, it's just pretty remarkable, you know, it's special. It's what it is. You know, it's, it's, it's very, it's the same thing between Cranky and Mrs. Cranky and myself, but we kind of did the opposite. We met off trail and uh, about four and a half years ago, we kind of decided, hey, let's see what it's like to be trail buddies together. And it's worked out so remarkably that we're at the same pace. Our, our conversations flow very easily. And with that comes easier times on trail. So we, we do understand the the beauty of that sort of community however it seems like you and your friends are a lot more outgoing in terms of yeah. cranky and i we're, we're we're kind of those people we're like all right we have our our, our little cocoon and yeah. uh, trying to get someone into our our trail mojo is hard especially if they don't jive you know the conversation doesn't work well oh my gosh we have a seven mile hike ahead of us what we're what are we going to do with this person you know yep that's remarkable to hear that you have so many people that are on your level yeah uh, yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool you know again the, the, the core group of us will pretty much give anybody a chance and then we kind of again through following people and stuff you kind of know their abilities and, mm -hmm. and everything you don't want to you don't want to put your you never like first and foremost like you don't want to put yourself in a bad situation with somebody that's not on your level and that's not to take anything away from anyone um especially like during the winter and stuff you have to be careful correct um, so we, we, yeah we just we, we're pretty open you know we pretty much give anybody a chance and Again, like we obviously can see the result of what happens when you do do that. You know, close yourself off to people. I totally agree. Um, you know, not knocking anyone, but especially in the whites, your life literally could be in your hiking partner's hands. So it's absolutely to find someone who knows what they're doing and the social component is extremely important, but the technical component and them knowing what they're doing is also very, very crucial. Absolutely. One of the other things that we noticed is you seem to be introducing a lot of young people to the mountains in these trails, which is definitely a good thing so that they can be preserved well into the future. Um, so are these, you know, children of your friends or how do you you know meet up with and introduce uh younger people to these trails uh so i imagine you're probably referring to some of the like the, the younger kids like the little kids that have yeah like, have appeared here and there so um there's there's a few so let's uh let's start with a little story from uh this woman kim and her husband her granddaughter um, she's actually not too much older than me, but her granddaughter, Scarlett, she started doing the 48 with her. She is now, she has completed the 48 at four years old. Um, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's, there's a video on that, that we did, um, which I was very, that was the first, I had met Kim previously, but very briefly in passing, I kind of reached out to them cause I was following them and, uh, I kind of was reached out to them to see if they'd want me to, to, to follow along and do a video of their day. And they, they were gracious and, and, and very kind enough to allow me to, to attend and experience that with them. But uh, that was Labor Day weekend of this year. A little girl finished on Mount Tecumseh, um, which was pretty crazy because the night, that night or the night after, um, some Boston news outlet had gotten word of it and posted a picture. And then Jimmy Fallon on his, on his late night show, um, actually gave her a little shout because he's you know they see it through the associated press so that was pretty wild huh. wow but, that's uh, amazing but that same day scarlet's little three-year-old sister this girl the girl's three years old right she she made it all the way up and down herself too and then that same day my my good friend Brittany, her her five-year-old daughter faith um who started doing the 48 with her back in march and they just finished recently uh the first weekend in november on mount madison wow um it's pretty nice to see these people doing this for these for these young children um and and i'm just going to be kind of blunt about my um what i said about it i made a comment to kim's friend um when we were doing to come to that day with with little foot a uh, you know scarlet there when she was finishing i said 
it's really nice to see this, um, you know, to see these people getting these little kids out here before the rest of the world can get to them and fuck them up, you know, and uh, it's just really refreshing um, and, and frankly quite remarkable to see, to see like chill, small children doing this. Because again, these mountains are not easy. No, to, to have a four or a five year old that can hike Mount Adams is, I mean, Washington, everyone kind of like, oh, ah, e. Like, I mean, honestly, you go up the right way and Mount Washington is fairly easy, you know, as long as you can put in the miles. But like, you know, hitting Mount Adams is, Mount Adams is a beast. Five year old kid. So little Scarlett did it as an overnight. Well, um, Faith, Brittany's daughter, she did, she did 20 miles in a single day. A five-year-old kid did a twenty-mile bond, a Zealand to Bonds traverse in a in a single day. That is remarkable. Yeah, <laughs> you know, very and, resilient and, kid. Wow, it's, I mean, how many how many you know four or five-year-olds that would do that? And let alone that, how many parents would even put their children in a position these days these days to to even attempt that? You know, you it starts with the parents, and they and I just feel like. I'm fortunate enough to know some of these people too, because they're just doing amazing things for their children and, and their development and, and just, you know, everything that they're going to do. And then I have another friend, um, when her daughter was somewhere around four months old, um, the beginning of last year, she started taking her on the 48, you know, doing the 48. And, uh, she has carried that baby on her chest for the last year and a half through all 48, 4,000 footers four times over in every season of the year. Just this past weekend, they finished their four-season 48, 4,000-footers um, with a sandwich range traverse of 18 miles in some really shitty conditions. Now, this child is not small. She is carrying a 30-pound baby now on her chest. <laughs> like, just to see, and I've been out there with them, and that baby never cries. She's always smiling, laughing. She loves listening to Bob Marley and eating her goldfish and Cheerios. Like, it's absolutely incredible and the experiences that they're having right now and that these parents are giving to them are just are going to infect they're going to affect them in such positive ways that you know most most children don't get because a lot of parents aren't aren't willing or or, or think that they should even be in that situation well, i think that's crap because i've seen it for myself you know and, and and the joy that they get from it is just it's incredible I know that Cranky and I, uh, when we're out on trail, we we do enjoy seeing kids on trail as well. We see their happiness out there. And we always say, good for the parents for getting the kids out there. But then on the same token, sometimes we see kids that are really not digging the trail and we can definitely see it on their faces but i'm glad you've experienced the former so much in the whites especially yeah i mean i've seen it i've seen it on both sides on both sides right i guess i'm just fortunate enough to know that to know the right people that you know, you know how to handle those situations and you know kind of have the patience to deal with it and I mean, again, I, it's a case by case basis, I suppose. But I've been lucky to see and know some of these people, and uh, it's that in itself is is pretty amazing, pretty inspiring, right? You know, mm. so so good on them, good on the mamas, good on the papas, and you know, just a just an extreme benefit in the long run for the children. Yeah, we've as Tumble said, we've seen lots of dads bringing their kids up because they want to get their their kids outside and the kids are just not digging it they would rather be on the nintendo switch or or anywhere else and that's kind of it's on the one hand it's amusing to see um you know like dad is usually happy and, and why and these kids are just like their heads are down it's like they're on the batan death march um so if you're brought up in it from the time that you're four months old, you're definitely going to be acclimated to it. But um, you do mention a good point. I'm sure there are lots of people out there that would say, you know, four months is young, um, you know, four and five year olds. It could be dangerous. What do you guys do to maintain a safety factor? I mean, I don't I don't really like I can't really I, I can't really speak on their part. Like I, you know, other than that, their own preparation and believing in their own ability. Um, I don't really do anything myself. Um, we all go out there with, you know, what we feel is the proper gear for us and what we're comfortable with. 
but uh, you know a lot of times i think it starts with just not going out there alone mm-hmm. um you know it it's it's hard to say but everybody's everybody has different comfort levels right like ex- experience and difficulty is relative it's not you know it's it's kind of tough to speak on because again getting back to to some folks they might have a hard time with their child on a two-mile hike that only goes a thousand feet of vertical right like it just might be tough for them to manage the kids might not be into it i don't know like i guess it, it starts with going from there uh again getting back to my friend whitney just the week the weekend before she did the 17 mile sandwich range traverse she did a she did what 31 miles to the pemi wilderness with 10 to like twelve thousand feet of vertical gain with just her and her baby you know mm-hmm. yep. in the middle of december but she's built up to that like she's you know this is after almost two years of her kind of learning and understanding her comfort levels, learning and understanding what her, what her baby's comfortable with and her child. And, you know, I don't know. So that's a tough question for me to answer. Um, if you ever, if you ever wanted a really amazing guest, she would be one to have because she could definitely, you know, share some things with you and a lot more insight on that, that I cannot really speak on. No, that 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 sounds awesome. Yeah, that would be an interesting conversation. Um, I was wondering, because we are amazingly uh, coming up on an hour almost uh, already. Um, So I wanted to pick your brain about a couple of more things. Sure. What? No rush. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Fantastic. What have been, since you have uh, extensively explored the whites, what has been your favorite summit and maybe your least favorite? Yeah, so that's that's another one's kind of hard to answer. I can I can tell you a few points of the places that I really enjoy and that I feel like I get a lot about every time out there. Um, let's see, in no particular order, um, as most people would say, uh, the Bonds are a pretty special place, especially mm-hmm. if you traverse it from uh, north to south. A lot of some people go the other way. I prefer to go this way, um, where you start at Zealand Trailhead, up off Route three hundred two. And uh, you traverse 19 and a half miles south, uh, hitting, you know, takes you out to the Zealand hut and then up to Zealand cliffs and then over, over Zealand out to Gio. And if you've ever hit Mount Gio, you know, when you walk up over the top and you walk out through those trees and you get to see the Pemi wilderness expansive, you know, the expansive Pemi wilderness right in front of you, it's, it's kind of like another world. Um, and then from there, you take it over to West Bond and then to Bond and then finish on Bond Close before you've got about nine and a half miles before you have to head out. That hike to me is is pretty amazing. I'm a big fan of the Northern Presidentials. That's just a completely different animal. That includes what um, specific mountains? Uh, so, so, you know, um, some people will include like Washington in that, but I'm specifically talking about Mount Jefferson, Mount Adams, Mount Madison. We um, love Madison. We love yeah. Madison so, so much. So those, those, those three mountains that kind of run, run along um, Route 2 um, through Randolph and into Gorham, um, pretty special place. A lot of people like the Franconia Ridge, and that's real nice. I think it's a little overplayed and a little too populated at times. That's why one reason I like to go later in the day. Um, this is tough. Like You start to think and you start to drop blanks, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's, so many, there's so many spots, but... I would say for me, probably probably that Bonds Traverse and the Northern Presidentials are two of my favorites. Um, there's there's a lot of little places out there in those woods that aren't on the summits that are pretty amazing, and I, I can't really even think of them at the moment. But people should definitely explore those too because there's there's a lot of gems out there. I guess really my is. my my other question this is kind of I don't know if this was on Cranky's radar, but um, I have seen in White Mountain videos about the fun little birds that are called canada jays some call it whiskey jacks or gray jays that eat out of gray your jays hand. yeah gray jays eat out of your hand have you had that experience because i would love to have that experience oh yeah yeah we we, we uh we, we always feed them like nuts and crackers or whatever you know i don't know try not to feed them any garbage but oh, they'll literally eat anything you know but they are not shy. Um, we, you know, you gotta be careful because if <laughs> if you feed them once, they might follow you all the way along the ridge. We had <laughs> we had a good four or five of them follow us all the way from the summit of Kerrigan, all the way down into the woods off Signal Ridge, and uh, they just they wouldn't stop. And then, but uh, yeah, they 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 are not shy. Um, they will literally come and fly right on your hands. 
and uh which for a lot of people it's a pretty magical moment because you don't experience anything like that and i kind of try to look back at the first time i did that I don't, I don't typically feed them too much it's not my thing but a lot of my friends love to do it and i like to get pictures of them and some footage of them doing that and they really get a lot of joy out of it but um for a lot of people that's a pretty it's just a really magical moment where they get to interact with nature in that kind of environment uh, and they get a lot out of that and the, again the birds don't mind they're just yeah. they're, they're gonna take your food <laughs> and go, go stow it away so they can eat through the winter and stuff or whatever they do but Cranky, that's on our list. They're we fun have little to go. creatures. <laughs> okay. I was going to ask, is there a particular season? Are they a seasonal bird? Are they there year-round? Like, what is the best time to encounter them? I'd have to say they're year-round. Okay. And, okay. and I think I think maybe in the winter they're a little more active because you rely on the food from the people a little bit mm-hmm. more. I mean, I don't really know a lot about them, so I can't really say. I don't think they migrate. Um, I know they mate for life. Um, and when one, unless one passes, I believe I, I learned that this past, past week. Um, but I think they just kind of stay where they are, and they—I um, don't—I don't know. I, I would have to say I feel like maybe you see them more in winter, but maybe that's just because there's not as many people out, and their maybe their food source isn't quite as abundant. But they—they're—they're uh, they're pretty much there year round. And you know, I also, I saw one for the first time when I was out in um, Snoqualmie. Uh, wilderness out in Washington and these are with the cutest little bird well they're big birds but the cutest birds I've seen like they have the face of a chickadee but they have a, a body like a blue jay and yeah. um, they're 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 mainly in, they come from Canada they mainly hang out on the Canadian US border so very cool. Well, th- well, thank you, Neil. I we we will be on the lookout. And uh, friends, that was your ornithology lesson of the hour. So well done. <laughs> I will be sure um, to bring maybe some overnight gear, some extra stuff because if we encounter them, I'm not getting off that mountain ever. Because <laughs> yeah. hours and hours of ornithology fun with my hiking partner so some some speaking of jays you know you all know the blue jays right They're kind of a solitude creature i believe um a couple months ago when we were on a uh, kind of foliage time we were up on wildcat a when we were doing a traverse over the ridge and uh looking down into carter notch above the hut down there and across the carter dome and um there was probably 25 blue jays that were migrating south, flying together, that flew through the notch at that very moment, which was probably one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. Blue jays, not gray jays. Um, and again, I'm pretty sure they're more solitude creatures. And I guess, you know, they would fly together to, you know, safety in numbers as they migrated south. But that was something I had never seen before. So that was that was pretty amazing. That's like a once-in-a-lifetime sighting. That's really cool. Right moment, right time. And there was like five or six of us, and there was like probably a good couple of dozen of them. It was, it was pretty wild. Ah, oh, so cool. So we, um, I don't know if you've been listening to our previous episodes, um, we have kind of taken on and are blatantly ripping off <laughs> Kyle O'Grady's Trail Tales. Yeah. Um, we loved that podcast, and he really hasn't done it since August. So we are kind of doing it instead. So we always like to kind of wrap up as our final question with a trail tale. Do you have an experience that you want to share? It could be something silly. It could be something kind of scary. Anything that you want to share as a trail tale to kind of wrap this up? Um, I mean, I guess it's tough to kind of, think of one particular thing at the moment but uh me and my friend uh stacy there we've had uh this little thing kind of ongoing lately with the shoulder season and uh we we have this thing where we don't like to wear spikes (laughs) as long as we can and um it kind of it kind of got into this little competition like who who falls the most right (laughs) and uh so we we kind of keep when we were out hiking together we kind of keep score and uh We've got this little rivalry going, and I'm kind of kicking her ass right now. Sorry, Stace. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, and we both we both eat shit quite a bit, and we, we laugh at each other and everything, you know, assuming everyone's all right. But so we have this little rivalry going where we keep score, and then we have like a series going, and we, we share that on uh, on one of our social media platforms, right? And um, and it seems to be really kind of catching on with other people. So we 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 go on a hike, and then we go out there, and we. And we go on there and we share like the nonsense and the, the crashes and the booms and, and in detail and 
kind of get into it and it's kind of caught on to this thing where now everyone else is kind of sharing it and like uh just kind of sharing all their funny stories and videos and everything and a lot of people seem to be getting a big kick out of that so that's it's kind of a little something a little silly that we like to do and it seems to be uh quite enjoyed by many and me and her we certainly get a lot of laughs out of it report back to each other and everything uh-huh. so you know on the lighter side that's that's probably something i got to share for you I like it, and we can identify with this. We have a trophy that we pass back and forth on every hike, and the trophy <laughs> goes to, it's not a literal trophy. It's a um, magnet. Yeah. It's a magnet <laughs> that stole from an amusement park. Um, it's it's a this row closed magnet from COVID at an, an amusement park that we stole. But we oh, pass awesome. that back and forth to whoever um, eats shit the most on yeah. our hikes. So definitely, I think that's a very, very common and hilarious thing in the hiking community. So I mean, we, I also, like we also have the call of the wild challenge. I mean, this is stuff to like keep the time going even though we're enjoying nature we, we have these <laughs> uh these challenges and the other challenge is called the call of the wild or lately we've been calling it the call off the wild it's who can belch the loudest and <laughs> scare the wildlife away um so <laughs> that's a little bit of what we do to keep ourselves amused yeah yeah anytime we can get pictures and video of each other and stuff like that just try to try to embarrass each other afterwards and stuff <laughs> so I, I completely understand it's pretty much just to pass the time and, and entertain ourselves right like, absolutely but uh that um quick split second assessment is, is anything broken um you know is everyone okay yes all right now it's time to laugh point and take pictures oh yeah um, oh yeah that's what we do man <laughs> As long as nobody's like bleeding or broken legs or anything, you're, that's oh well, you'll you'll you'll, you'll be live. fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make light of it and have fun at your expense. It's just that's that's how we sometimes that's how we all show our love for one another. It's it's pretty funny. Well, I mean, well, Neil, it's it's been an hour. It's shocking. All you know, always when we have people on, it goes so quick because the conversation is just so so wonderful. Uh, would you mind sharing all of your socials to the world, please? And I, yeah, of course, will uh, put it on our show notes as well. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. So uh, so first and foremost, I, I have a YouTube channel. It's called White Mountain Wanderers. I started about 13 or 14 months ago. Its original purpose was to simply um, document and create a visual for my parents to follow along what I was doing out here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of grown into more of that. And, uh, you know, it's become more about the community and the people and just all of our experiences. We've got 48 finishers. We've got white mountain grid finishes. We've got birthday hikes. We've got engagement hikes. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to be a part of all these. Um, and it's just there to kind of document our experiences. It's there to document my grid, um, which nobody has done yet. Um, and it's just something I started and it's really kind of grown into something and it's really getting a little bit of momentum finally. And I'd appreciate anybody who can go on there and, you know, take a gander. And maybe if you have an account, just subscribe so I can get that number up to where I need it to be to take it to the next level. As far as my um, Instagram, uh, it's Neil's Simple Life, N-E-A-L-S underscore simple underscore life. Uh, we also have a White Mountain Wanderers Instagram page where I like to feature my people. Um, just random pictures here and there of them out doing their thing and kind of celebrating uh, the community like like we try to do and um and yeah that's that's about that and uh and i'm just gonna keep keep kind of working on all that and uh keep the momentum going keep building on something good well absolutely fantastic we have a bunch of other topics that we didn't get to i say this with every guest yes but um yeah, we. I want to ask about um, if you're willing to come back on in a couple months, gear, and then the difference between uh, different seasons in the white, some of the more technical stuff. We really wanted to focus on your community for this episode. Yeah. But um, yeah, thank you once again, Neil. It has been a pleasure. The pleasure has been mine. I appreciate you guys um, and everything you're doing. So thank you very much for having me and everybody who listens to you guys and everybody who follows myself. Um, thank you very, very much. 
You've been great, Neil. Thank you. And as per standard, folks, I'm mentioning Apple Podcasts first because, as I've said, that seems to be uh, forgotten by me, mostly. Uh, if you're listening to this, you are most likely on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a note to say hi. Please leave, a, leave us also a five-star rating if you'd like. We hope you do. Uh, then love us and like us on the gram. Uh, Cranky is the, the head of the gram page, so thank you, Crank. We are rocks underscore and underscore roots underscore pod. Crank also does the TikToks, is rocks underscore roots underscore podcasts. And I believe we're done, so Merry Christmas if you celebrate, and Happy New Year. Ciao.